You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. All right, what are we talking about today? I want to talk to you about something that most guys do. I've done this many times in my life before, and it is absolutely killing your confidence and your chances with more women. I like to say it's the concept of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Do you do this in your life? What is scraping the bottom of the barrel? It means you're going for the women who are closest to you. And while that's not a bad thing, we'll we'll go into that in in a little bit here. You're going for the women who you believe are the low-hanging fruit. I say believe because they're not necessarily the low-hanging fruit because they're not necessarily options, but you believe that they are options. And because they are actually not options, they are the bottom of the barrel. And I will give you a few examples in just a bit of these women who surround you that you are going for and you're wasting your time. This episode is inspired by a few coaching clients that I have, and if you're listening, you know who you are, who deal in situations like this. I'd say this probably happens to, oh, I would say maybe around 30% at least, maybe more of the clients that we work here uh, with on on TripAdvice and the TripAdvice coaching program. They have this one girl who's close to them or that they sort of know, And they are trying to go for her. They're trying to strategize how to go for her. And what ends up happening is they don't end up attracting them. They don't end up getting them. It kills their confidence. And then it kills your chances with other women because you're spending your time strategizing how to go for that one woman. It is one big waste of time. And this episode is to help you and to dive a little bit deeper into this topic so this doesn't happen with you. So maybe I'm speaking right to you today and you're like, oh man, Trip just nailed it. Like, this is me. Maybe this isn't you yet, but you understand what we're talking about here and this can help you prevent this from happening with the women who are around you. So who are these women? What are the examples? Well, before we go into that, I do want to mention that if you are interested in joining the coaching program, if you want to be a client here of Trip Advice, whether it's with me or one of my coaches here at Trip Advice, we can help you get to the point where you are meeting and attracting women and not scraping the bottom of the barrel. My big belief is that now that we live in a society where there are women who are just at the tip of our fingers online, so we can meet lots and lots of women, more than our ancestors were ever able to do. We can do this now online. And because technology has just allowed us to move to new cities fairly easy, to travel a lot, the options are endless. What ends up happening, back to this idea of this topic, is guys end up just going for the women who are closest to them that they don't have a chance with. So anyway, back to the idea of the coaching program is we help you attract women who you don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel and go for the, and I quote, low-hanging fruit. 
So I want you to be able to go out and approach and attract women who are all over, just not women who are necessarily right next to you. Again, examples coming in a second. But I want you to be able to have this skill online and in person. If you want those skills, if you want this help, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply to work with myself or with another coach here at TripAdvice to get you to the point where you are meeting women successfully and you are building your confidence and you are building a actual harem of women that you can be dating, sleeping with, talking to, and then to eventually find a relationship if you're interested in that as well. The link is in the show notes. Coachedbytrip.com is where you're going to go. And you're going to see, I just put up some new testimonials from guys who have gotten insane results in the past uh, few months that they've been working with uh, TripAdvice. So we're talking about the women that are close to you, bottom of the barrel, low-hanging fruit. Who are these women? One obvious one are the women at your work. I like to say here, trip advice, we don't go for women at work due to the possibilities of sexual harassment. Also, just a disaster if you guys end up breaking up. Just a disaster. If you guys end up breaking up, it's going to be hell on earth. Well, at least you have the chances of it being hell on earth, and that's not the risk I'd be willing to take. I would not advise you to take. I do not advise you to have a situation where you meet a girl at work, try to go for her, risk sexual harassment and risk. If you guys break up, you got to show up there every day and then see her. The place where you're spending 75% of your time. But a lot of guys do that. They like to go for the women at work because they're right there. So they spend a lot of time around a woman. You spend enough time around someone who you think is somewhat attractive you end up falling for them. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Why do you think that people meet people at work? Because they spend time around them. So they do that. But I'm advising you not to do that. I have a lot of other episodes where I talk about the dangers of dating coworkers and people at work. But I think you get the idea here. You understand the risks involved. All right, who else? Some less obvious ones. And this one comes from a client that I'm working with. He said, there's this woman and she's married but she asked me to hang out with her and I'm not sure if she's interested if she's not interested he was asking me my advice he said I I just don't know what to do like what should I make of this like trip what do you make of this and I said listen at the end of the day it doesn't matter what we make of this she's married so if there is a woman out there who's showing you interest but has a boyfriend or is married This is bottom of the barrel scraping here. These are women who you don't have a chance with. And even if you did, would you really trust a woman? Any, let's say hypothetically, you meet a girl, she breaks up with her boyfriend for you, she cheats on her boyfriend, she cheats on her husband with you. Are you gonna trust that woman? Probably not. I can't imagine that you would. So we're wasting our time. Again, that's the... That's the theme of today's episode. We don't want to waste our time. We want to increase our chances with women. And by doing that, we need to have more time available to meet other women, not women who are at work, not women who have a boyfriend or a husband. We are going to stray far away from that. All right, how about the girl who lives in your building? 
You know that girl, that one cute girl who lives in your building and you're strategizing on, on how to meet her? Now listen, at the end of the day, can you meet a girl in your building? Can you guys end up having a relationship or can you have, can you have a, a little hookup? Yeah, but again, you risk what happens next if it doesn't work out and most relationships, statistically speaking, don't last. Even when you get to the marriage portion, Statistically speaking, half of those don't last. So my point is, is that you have to understand the risk. And a lot of guys, and this is again to the theme here, a lot of guys, what they do is they end up putting themselves in this mindset of scarcity, which is the whole reason why you are strategizing how to meet women at work, how to meet or attract the girl who has a boyfriend or a husband, or try to go for the girl who lives in your building. It's a scarcity mindset. If you had, and I call this the high status filter, I was just talking about this recently on a YouTube video. I was talking about the idea of the high status filter, which is imagine 100 women texting you right now. 100 beautiful women are texting you right now. Are you gonna go for the woman at work, the coworker? No, probably not. You know the risks involved. So you're not going to do that. Why? Because you have other options. Are you going to go for the girl who has a boyfriend or who has a husband who's showing you interest? No, probably not because you have a lot of other options. What about the girl who lives in your building? Are you going to go for that girl? No, probably not because yes, that's right. You have other options. When we put it that way, you say to yourself, yeah, I'm not going to go for those women. But when I put you in a scarce mindset where there is not 100 women texting you, then you start to go for them. Now, I know whenever I, I say the high status filter, I can hear the people now. Well, Trip, that's easy to say, but I don't have 100 women texting me right now. And I probably won't ever have 100 texting me right now. And what guy actually has literally 100 women texting them right now? And I understand what you're saying. And I get it. So it makes it harder. But what I'm saying here is, yeah, I know you're not literally going to have 100 women texting you at any given time, but at least that mindset helps you make the right decision. And that's what we're talking about here, making the appropriate decision for you. Because when you stop going for these types of women, these bottom of the barrel women, first of all, like I said in the title here, it kills your confidence because it may or may not work out. So the more that you invest your time, the more that you strategize, and the more work and effort that you put into this, the harder you fall because you're going to be that much more upset because of all the work and time and strategizing that you invested in it. So it kills your confidence when you strategize and then it doesn't work out. And I get it. There's sometimes when you have to go through rejection, but it doesn't have to be this way. And then, like I said, it kills your chances with women because you're taking all this time, putting all this energy into this one woman, treating her like the unicorn. I should do a whole separate episode on the idea of the unicorn girl, the girl or woman who you end up thinking is the perfect one when in reality, there is no perfect one. And there are many great women out there who could be for you. And so I need you to start thinking on that level and not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Another one just to add into this is the idea of any of your girlfriends. Now, I get it. 
meeting women through social circle is a great way to meet women. I met my girlfriend through a social circle, but I don't even count it as social circle because when I hear the word social circle, it, it sounds more like a group of friends that hang out all the time. Really, I met her through a friend slash acquaintance of mine. It was, yeah, actually, we're going to scratch that. It's not from my social circle. It's from my network. So of my network of people that I know, I met that person. So it is good to have a good network. But I'll tell you this right now. Hypothetically, if it didn't work out with her and I did all the stuff that I teach you guys of just getting the number, being assertive, moving things forward, if it didn't work out, it that would be it. I would have moved on very quickly. And so I want you guys to do that too. So if you're saying to yourself, for example, okay, I really do want to like hook up with this girl in my building. You know, let, let me just give it a shot. You know what? Then you got to give it a shot. You got to go for it if you don't care about the risk. And then that's it. I would not do that with a girl who has a boyfriend. I would not do that with a woman at work. The building is the only one. And then the new one I'm saying here is the women who you are friends with that are in your social circle. That's fine. You want to meet those girls? That's a very normal and popular way from all the way back to the beginning of time to meet a woman is through your social circle, through your network. Great, but you don't want to strategize. I don't just strategize. You just got to go for it. She's either interested or she's not. Get the quick rejection. That won't kill your confidence as much. And then move on to other women. Where do you meet other women? Like I said earlier, online and meeting women in person. There's so many different ways to meet women these days. It could be through just approaching women at bars. It could be approaching women at malls outdoors anywhere. It could be at singles events if you want to go to a singles event or any kind of meetups. It could be when you're just out doing some errands or some shopping. It could be at a friend's party. It could be in an event you go to, a concert that you go to, a festival. So lots of options for you outside of the bottom of the barrel women who are closest to you that have high risk and little reward. That's another great way of putting it. High risk and very little reward. Let's stay away, shall we? Great. All right, I think I made my point here. We don't want to kill your confidence any longer. So more women outside of these opportunities. Okay, are we good? We're good. Why don't we answer some questions? It's been a minute since I've gotten to the questions. Guys have been emailing in. You know you can email in too. Email me trip at tripadvice.com. Email me with the subject line podcast question. I know that there's been guys who have been DMing me and I appreciate your DMs. I have to be honest with you. I read all of them, by the way. And yes, a lot come through and I read all of them, but I don't have time to answer your questions on the DMs. So the best way to get your question answered is not by DMing me. It's by emailing trip at tripadvice.com with the subject line podcast question. That's where I answer people's questions to help you out. If you want to DM me just to say hello or to say what's up or tell me some cool stuff that's going on, that's more appropriate, but the questions I won't have time to answer. So if you want to DM me, say hello, please do, TripAdvice. But if you want to ask a question, email me, trip at tripadvice.com. 
All right, this one is from Chris without a H. I like that spelling. Different. All right, he says, hi, Trip. I've recently gotten into listening to your podcast, and I've got to say that I love it and have definitely seen some results, and I've been on sort of a binge lately with it. Here's my situation. I've been told by numerous girls that I'm amazing to talk to in person, but when it comes to texting, I'm a brick wall, almost word for word what they say. I've listened to several of your episodes where you mentioned that texting should only be used as a tool to set up dates, but now I'm in a bit of a rut with more and more of these girls wanting for me to text them here and there. I've actually lost contact with two girls after they've reached out to me or vice versa over text to get a text conversation going, but I find it hard to either set up a date with them for whatever reason, such as scheduling or me, ah, ha, ha, bingo, or me trying not to text them too much to the point where they lose interest. Sometimes I may end up texting them back about 12 hours after they text me if I remember to. My question is, how can I continue to maintain attraction with some of these girls that I'm seeing over text? Should I just get better at texting and increase my text game? Or should I filter these girls out who need a lot more attention than others over text before a meetup? Thank you for your time in reading my question. Keep up the amazing work. You're helping lots of men like me out there, Chris. All right, Chris. You kind of answered part of your question here. I get this question a lot. It is a polarizing, I should say, I have a polarizing answer that a lot of men cannot handle. And I understand why I'm very understanding and empathetic towards how hard it is to take the advice that I give about texting women. So, okay, let me give the advice and then we'll dive into Chris's situation, which might be a little bit of a, a repeat of the answer here. Okay, so the advice that I give, which Chris, you know, is when you're texting, you only want to text to set up dates. Okay, you only want to text to set up dates. And the in-between texting, you want to limit it. You want to limit it. Now, I have some rules for that, which we'll go into in a second, but you want to limit it and you don't want to be texting too much. The reason why I like to give the advice in such a hardcore way of do not be texting at all in between dates is because I know that you're going to screw up because you're human. I know that you're still going to text a little bit. But if I start telling you, yeah, you can text like once a day, you're going to blow that out of proportion and then you're going to lose the girl and I don't want you to lose the girl. Will you for sure lose the girl? Of course not. Will it increase your chances? Absolutely. Why? Because texting is not an actual way to connect with someone and get to know somebody. We're not wired as human beings to become attracted over text. Therefore, I don't believe that text game exists. Now, I do believe that if the girl likes you already, is attracted and invested in you, then texting does give her some butterflies. Like, of course, it's going to make her feel good when she gets a text from a guy that she likes. And that is fine, but it doesn't actually increase attraction. But I, I understand you said, how, to, how do you continue to maintain attraction? So I understand that there is this level of maintenance. Well, back to your question here. You said, how can I continue to maintain attraction with some of these girls I'm seeing over text? Well, you said earlier... I find it hard to either set up a date with them for whatever reason. So that's one thing you said. We'll go to the next thing in a second. You said, I find it hard to set up a date. So you know what that says to me? That says to me 
that you try to set up a date with them. They don't agree or their schedules are too tough. So then you land in what? Text buddy. And now you're in text buddy mode. So these girls either don't care to actually meet up with you and just want attention, free attention, and want to be a text buddy with you, right? Or you guys are, you're not, you're not trying hard enough to get the date. So you end up in this situation where you're a text buddy. So who cares if you lose those girls? I don't know why you'd want to be texting with a girl all day that can't meet up with you or text them ever if they can't meet up with you. So we'll just throw all those options away. But then you said, or me trying not to text them too much to the point where they lose interest. I don't believe in the idea of a girl losing interest over you because you're not texting a lot. If that happens, then yes, the girl is too needy. I think you dodged a bullet. If this girl needs you to be texting her all the time, is this the kind of relationship you want? Really, you want a girl to be, you want to be texting a girl all day? That tells me you have nothing else to do with your life, that you have no other things going on. A true alpha, a guy who's on a mission and a purpose, is not, do you think Elon Musk is texting all day? Do you think the fictional character James Bond is texting all day? Do you think successful men are texting all day like they're girls? Not as much as what guys think they should be doing. So we don't want to be around those women. But also, I get the idea of, yes, I understand. If you're not maintaining some sort of attraction and there's a date that you guys have set up that's really far away, it's like a week plus away, then yes, in those situations, it does make sense to maintain attraction. I will say you can text her like once, maybe twice, but don't do like, hey, how are you? You want to like send a picture of something cool you're doing or tell her something interesting that you're up to, but you only want to do that a little bit. You don't want to do that and then get into this long text conversation. You want to leave the woman wanting more. And I get it. There's a degree. If you do that too much, then, then you might lose them. But again, if they care that much, I suspect that it's someone who's needy that you don't actually want. Now, I want to say, here's my, I give this to my clients. I'm going to give this to you now. There's a formula, I believe, for what you can do to maintain attraction when you have a girl who's a big texter. Because yes, we're living in the 21st century. Texting is a form of communication. So if you respond poorly to their text messages, you can lose the girl. Yes, it does happen. But I've got a little formula for you. So here it is. If you are dating a girl and it's been like a couple dates and clearly she's very attracted to you, she's initiating the text messages. If she's initiating, I wouldn't text back 12 hours later. No, you can, but I would probably do somewhere like two to three hours, four or five hours at the most in terms of you responding to her. So again, let's say, let's say you went on a couple of dates with a girl and by the way, you should always have a date set up. So you shouldn't go too long. There should never be this weird in between area where you don't have a date set up. Okay, so make sure you always have a date set up. That way, by the way, you're going to maintain attraction because they go, oh, this guy likes me. We had great dates. He wants to see me again. 
So that's kind of like bottom line, that should be enough. Now, you might get the situation, for example, when let's say you set up a date, okay, a couple days later, she goes, how are you? So how are you? The formula to respond to that or any other text message that she sends is you're going to respond to her text message. It's going to be several hours later. It's not going to be longer than a couple of sentences. It's going to be nice, so it's not going to be cold, and you're not going to ask any questions back. So I'll say that again. You're going to respond two plus hours later. It's going to be only a couple sentences. It's going to be warm, not cold. I'll give you an example of what that looks like in a second. And you're not going to ask any questions back. And the reason why you're not going to ask any questions back is because I don't want you to get into a whole text convo all day. In theory, you will actually increase attraction, hardcore, by the way, you will increase attraction if you're not asking all these questions back and giving her all this attention. She's going to be thinking like, wow, this guy's really busy. Does he like me? Does he not like me? And then she's going to be even more attracted and she's going to want to see you again because she's thinking of how non-needy you are. So that's really important there. Okay, so what's the difference between a cold and a warm text message? If she says, how are you? I wouldn't respond, you know, two to three hours later and say, you know, doing good. It's like, that's obviously a little intense, you could do that, you know, in some cases, maybe that does build more attraction because she's like, what? wait, what? Does he like me? But I'm all for not being too gamey here. You know, you say one sentence, at least that makes up for you not having to ask all these questions back. So again, she says, how are you? You say, oh, today's been a, a crazy day, but it's been awesome. So productive at work. Couple sentences. It's giving her what she wants, but it's not giving her all of what she wants. So you're giving her this really nice response. You're just not going to be engaging and asking questions back. So there you go. Your last question here said, should I just filter these girls out who need a lot more attention than others over text a lot uh, over text before a meetup? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't pick. You said, should I just filter these girls out who need a lot more attention than, than others over text before a meetup? I wonder if you're saying here before a first meetup, but yeah, if this girl wants to text all day and can't even meet up with you, it should be done. All right, let's move on to the next question. Thank you, Chris. Anonymous from Australia. Hello, Trip. Anonymous here, 34 years old from Australia. Thanks for all the great content. Once I got the balls to put it into practice, it helped me a lot. I'm currently seeing a woman. We've known each other for a few years, but only recently started dating and sleeping together. I'm also newly on a few dating apps, talking to other women, but haven't gone on any dates yet. My question is, I would like to date and sleep with other women until things become more serious with one of them, but I don't want to do anything unethical or hurt any of the women. At what point is it not okay to be dating and sleeping with other women? Obviously, if we have the relationship talk, that is one thing, but is there a certain point where it is not okay, a certain amount of dates in, once we have slept together a certain amount of times? I haven't had much dating experience, 
But because of your content and my own personal growth, I find myself in a position now where I have the opportunity to get more dates, but find myself unsure of how to proceed in this situation. I have feelings for the current girl I'm seeing, but don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And at the same time, I don't want to hurt anyone or make a mess of things. I appreciate any advice you can give. Anonymous. Okay, great question. I've talked about this in the podcast, but always happy to to talk about this again. Everyone's going to have their own opinion on this. This is an opinion question. I'll give my opinion. At what point is it not okay to be dating and sleeping with other women? I say you can do that up until the point where you're pretty close to getting into a committed, exclusive, monogamous relationship. So all those are quite synonymous of each other, but... Obviously, if you get to that point where you guys have a talk like who are you seeing, are you seeing anybody else, are you sleeping with anybody else, da da da. At that point, obviously, goes without saying, that's when you shouldn't. When you feel like it's coming really close to that, and you'll know this probably doesn't happen till three to four to five, we'll just say three to six months of consistently seeing each other. So Anywhere in that realm where you're like, all right, I'm seeing this woman. We're seeing each other once or twice a week. We've been doing it now for three plus months. You know, still, is it unethical? I don't know. It's not. Her feelings might be hurt, but it's not. I don't think it's unethical. Cheating is unethical. But just because someone hurt or is feeling hurt I don't believe that is unethical, right? I mean, for example, you go up to a woman and you approach her on the street to say hello and she rejects you. You're going to feel hurt, right? You might. Let's say in this example you do. Was that unethical of her to reject you? No. So I don't want you to be confused by what's unethical and people feeling hurt. It's not always the same thing. So you might be dating a woman for, let's say two months and you see her every week and you guys are sleeping together and you have all these great times together and she finds out or you tell her that you're dating other women. Yeah, she might be hurt. I don't think that's unethical. But again, this is kind of up to you to see what you want. I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that women are dating and sleeping with lots of guys as well. And in this case, is every woman going to be hurt? Maybe not. So how do you know who's going to be hurt and who's not going to be? Maybe that woman is also sleeping around and dating other other people. But you don't know, right? So are we going to just take the chances because we're not sure if the woman's going to be hurt or not? I say because we don't know. You don't need to be tiptoeing around this process. I think you can be dating other women, sleeping with other women for several months that you were also dating and sleeping with other women and they don't need to know. I don't believe in lying to them. I mean, if they ask you that question, I don't think you have to lie. They might not like it. They might say, well, that hurts and I don't want to see you anymore. I thought it was only us, but that's on them. And there's nothing unethical there because you're not lying and you did not promise anything. There is no promise unless there's a conversation. But to err on the side of caution and we don't want to hurt people, you know, again, you're, you're with someone for, you know, four or five months and 
you haven't had the talk yet. I mean, I don't even know if you're going to really even want to going to be, if you're looking for a relationship, you're going to want to be swiping or meeting women in the four or five month mark. But again, if you do meet someone and you do sleep with them, but you haven't had the exclusive talk, I don't believe that's unethical. So that's my opinion. You can do what you want with it. It sounds like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, so you don't have to. In my opinion, you do not have to. So anonymous from Australia, please, by all means, go out there, meet women, have fun. You're not dedicating yourself to anyone. I think that's fine. All right, let's move on to another anonymous. Hey, Trip, great podcast. I hope you can help me. He says, I'm in my late 30s, have very little experience with women. I have a medical condition that makes me quite skinny. I'm six one tall and around 175 pounds. I guess I'm decent looking. Uh, six one and 175 I mean, that's skinny, but that's really, uh, that's not insanely skinny. He says, I just had to start taking insulin as a result of diabetes due to my medical condition. So now I have one of those sensors on my stomach and will probably be getting an insulin pump as well. I was always self-conscious about my condition and this now makes it even worse. I always assumed that no woman would ever want me because I wasn't normal like everyone else. I was trying to learn from you and other dating coaches and getting better with women when this diabetes thing hit me like a ton of bricks. I was thinking, wow, just what I need, something else for a woman not to like about me. My question is, have you ever had other clients with medical conditions and helped them succeed with women? Also, is this something to be concerned about when it comes to dating or will women overlook it and not care? I know people with medical conditions and diabetes get married all the time, but my mindset is if I find a good quality woman, she will probably have other options of men. So why would she choose me when she could have someone who is normal? I hope you answer this for me. Thanks, Anonymous. Well, I am answering it for you, my friend. Such a great question. So glad you asked. It's a rich one. There's a lot to, there's a lot to say here. Um, as you know, I read these questions. I have my one of my team members, Joe, pick these questions for me. So I read these and I answer them in real time here for you. So where should we begin? First, I think we need to begin of, of what women are attracted to. Okay. So, well, actually let's, let's start somewhere else. I wish we could have a conversation about this, by the way, anonymous, if you need coaching, you want to work through this with me, apply, we can work on this. It's not that hard coached by trip.com apply. Okay. So so my question for you is, what is it about this that you think is so unattractive? I mean, yes, I, I get it. Someone who has some sort of medical condition or some sort of medical condition that could be debilitating could be unattractive. Yes, that is true. Women won't find that attractive. But I wonder what is it specifically? It's like, well... You'll have an insulin pump. I mean, listen, my cousin, my cousin has Crohn's disease. It's like a stomach issue. He has to have a bag. He can't make bowel movements anymore. It's, he's got a bag attached to him. He's happily married. Anyway, I guess my point is, is, I'm curious what it is that you think is so unattractive about this. To me, it doesn't seem like this massive deal. And maybe I'm, you think I'm saying that because it's not something that I have, but 
I'm, 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 I'm empathizing. I'm imagining I have this. Like, what is it that's attractive? But we don't have an answer because you're not here right now. So let's move on. What are women attracted to? Remember, women are attracted to a man who, yes, of course, is healthy, but more so has resources and also the attributing qualities that subcommunicate resources. So you might be saying, well, with that, doesn't this make me look weak? Doesn't this make me look like I might not have resources? But that's not really it. Remember when I say that women are attracted to your behavior, which goes a longer way than your looks. So let's imagine anonymous you, you're 6'1", you're 175 pounds. Yes, you have this issue, but you're super confident. You're super charismatic. You walk into a room like you don't give a shit. You have this issue, but you don't give a shit. You see, you're so in your head that you believe because you don't like it that everyone else is going to find it unattractive and they won't like it. But I bet you a guy who treats any sort of condition they're in whatsoever, like it's not a big deal, will actually be communicating to a woman, to her, to let her know that it's not a big deal. If it's something that's a problem that you complain about, that's this big issue in your life, well then, yes, that's going to come off very unattractive. But let me dive deeper here. Women will backwards rationalize why they should be with you even if something like that is a problem. Women will stay with men for even worse. I know that you don't have a girlfriend yet, but my point is, is that if a woman finds you attractive and there's other ways of building attraction with a woman than this physical situation, if she finds you attractive, She's not going to care. And I'm not just saying that to like pump you up and make you feel better. If we were to go the logical way and I were to have two people next to each other and you were twins and one of you had the insulin issue and the other didn't, and I just said to a woman, just pick the one you want. Yeah, in that logical situation, having no idea of who each person was, she would just pick the one who doesn't have that. But that's how you're thinking. You're imagining it to be like that when it's really not the situation. Women become attracted to men due to the context, the situation. We talked about this recently on a, on a recent episode. That's why you guys got to listen to all the episodes because sometimes there's linear progressions here. But the idea of context. So that means that it's not just about your diabetes problem. It has more to do with that. So let's say you go on a date with a woman. You don't talk about the fact that you have this issue, which you don't have to for a couple of dates. And then she finds out about it. You're imagining she's just going to be like, oh, I can find someone better. This guy has this issue. It's unattractive. I'm out. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Because if you've already built attraction, she's going to want to stay with you. And also the fact that you're not feeling in this hypothetical situation overly concerned about your issue. So if that's the case and you're just totally confident and cool about it, she's going to be confident and cool about it. And this goes for a lot of medical conditions, by the way. So I want you to 
not be so concerned with this as an issue and you can't fix it. So this is also one of those situations, like it's almost similar to a guy going, I'm five, five women don't like guys who are five, five. What do I do? Well, there's nothing you can do. So you don't need to be concerned about it. Reminds me of this uh, YouTube video with this Buddhist guy. It's like a funny video, kind of a funny video. He shows a flow chart and it's like, okay, there's a problem. Can you fix it? Yes. Then he says, well, why worry? What if the answer is no? Well, if you can't fix it, why worry? So it's like this here. You have a problem. Ask yourself, can I fix this? No. Okay. So why worry? Move forward anyways. Don't be so concerned about it. Women will overlook it enough if you build attraction. Again, we can help you with that. In the TripAdvice coaching program, you can apply. But for now, even if that's something you don't want to do, I want you to overlook it. So I want you to stop thinking about it. Stop thinking of it as something that's going to hinder your progress because the second that you do, it actually will. We call that a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right, let's do one more. Hello, my name is Jalen. I'm 21 and in a Christian university. I'm bursting with confidence, a handsome man, muscular, very social with friends, in a lucrative degree field, a senior, a small symbol of status, though I am short, 5'4". Ooh, I wonder if this is going to piggyback off of what we just talked about. I use your TED technique and it's extremely effective. I cold approach groups of girls or a single lady if she's alone. I build rapport with her friends to gain acceptance, and then I use Ted with the girl I'm interested in. I eventually go in for the clothes by setting up a date a few days later. Here's my issue. After setting the date, they tend to disappear. 90% of the time, they flake or give an excuse over text. My thought process is that they are picking other guys over me that are taller since I'm 5'4". My perspective is that it's this way because I don't have an active presence around her, and I'm not there to continue to spike emotion. A few other men that have observed me approaching women have stated that I have game, but I'm confused on why I'm not able to have most of them show up on a date. I mainly just want an answer or to see where I'm slipping up. All right, well, since I can't see what you're doing, but it sounds like you're doing pretty well, the way I can diagnose this issue is probably a few things might be happening. First of all, the fact that you're 5'4", yeah, it does not help. I agree. Women do say they want tall men. They go for tall men. It's just the reality. Does that mean that you can't get a woman being 5'4"? It doesn't mean that. You absolutely can. I'm working with a guy right now who's like 5'1", 5'2", who's 40. And uh, we've already got him a few girls and gotten him laid in the coaching program. And he's 40. So he's not even at your youthful age. Although women or men do tend to increase in sexual market value as they get older. But anyway, so what do I think you're doing wrong? There's a few things without actually seeing what's going on. Either one, you said here, I eventually go in for the close by setting up a date a few days later. Stop doing that. Either set up a date right there and then in the approach. So when you're talking to them, set up a date or set up a date that night over text or the next day. Do not wait a few days later 
because they're going to forget about you. I don't care if you're six feet tall or six, five, they still might forget about you a few days later and go, oh, well, who is that guy again? I don't really remember. And remember that they are just getting bombarded with information. I really think that social media and, and our screens and our phones are screwing us up and screwing our brains up a little bit. And we just can't focus and concentrate like we used to. So anyway, I think that Every day that goes by, you exponentially decrease your chances of her wanting to see you again. Unless you made a really good impression, which brings me to the second point. But before we go into the second point, the first point, stop waiting so long. There's such a funny scene in Swingers. I think I've said this before in the podcast. Guys, you got to watch the movie Swingers. I bet you most people have not heard of that movie because it's like an indie movie from the early 90s. It's with uh, Vince Vaughn and um, John, I just, John Favre. I was like, wait, who, uh, Favre, was it? John Favre. So Vince Vaughn, John Favre. If you don't know who that is, well, Vince Vaughn, you should know. Wedding Crashers, John Favre. You might not know, but he's directed a lot of big movies that you've seen. Anyway, they made a movie in the early 90s called Swingers, and it's about guys who are meeting women and, and dating life in LA. And they said that they wait six days to call the girl that which, and that was like a joke in the movie, but that might work in 1992 because we didn't have a lot of other ways of meeting men and we weren't distracted all the time. So maybe that worked. Maybe they, they did remember that guy a little bit more in the early nineties, but it's not happening today. Okay. My next point for you is that, you might be having conversations that are going faster or I should say too fast. So you're talking to her for like two, three minutes. You think it's like a long time, but it's really not. You get her number and those two to three minutes, maybe even five minutes, hell, maybe even five to seven minutes just wasn't enough time to really build attraction. Women need more time. They might not become attracted to you right away. They might think you're attractive or not attractive as a person physically, but that's not enough for them to want to sleep with a guy or respond to a guy. They need more context, right? So you need to spend more time in the approach. So I would err on that side is if you're not spending more than 10 minutes, do not expect that girl to want to see you again. Even if I know, I get it, guys, you do an approach and you're in there for five minutes and it feels like forever. It's not, though. It's five minutes. Just because it feels long to you, it's still five minutes, which means it's not enough time to really build attraction. So I need you to focus on spending more time in the interaction so that she can become more invested in you. And that happens when you increase the time. So I want you to make sure you're doing that. My guess is if you fix both of these things, that 90% that you said, you said 90% of the time they flake or give an excuse over text will drop maybe by half. Or you need to approach more women. So maybe you're approaching a couple women a week and your game is tight enough to like get the number, but it's not enough of a sample size or enough data, enough approaches to get what you're looking for. So I would... Definitely, definitely try to increase the amount of approaches. 
everyone, thank you for listening. I hope that helps. If you need more help and you want to get help in the coaching program, you can do that. Coachedbytrip.com is where you can apply. You can also get the Hooked program, which is a self-coaching program, an eight to 10 hour video course that teaches you about attraction, teaches you about my TED formula, how to build attraction, and how to make sure that you're getting more women hooked on you. That's why it's called Hooked. Check that out at getterhooked.com. Thank you for any of you who have given me five-star ratings on Spotify and on iTunes. I do appreciate them. It spreads the word about the podcast. Why don't we spread it out more? Give me a review. Love to hear them. Love to see them. You guys rock. See you on the next episode.